so much. Thank you so much, uh, Daktari. Thank you so much, Pastor and everybody. Good morning. Yeah, my name's Sumare Kisipan. I come from Kenya, that is East Africa, from a community of a people called the Maasais, who live in the southern part of Kenya and largely the northern part of Tanzania, south of Kenya and northern Tanzania. I came here through the invitation of their church, that is the Macalester Church, First Baptist Church, and uh, we've, have had a, we've had a relationship with them for the last like 14 years. We are trying to do all those things that we are trying to do there, all for the glory of Christ, all with a clear intention of trying to advance the gospel of Christ to that community. So they invited me over to come and share with the church on what we are trying to do there. And I should have come last year, November, but then I didn't. Somehow they felt like, let's do it next year. They started by saying, let's try to do it December. And then December, it didn't happen because Christmas was all over. And then January, it didn't happen because we are just starting the year. And then I was like able to come in March. And then coming here after two weeks, the whole world locks down. And then I'm locked on this part of the world in America. So <laughs> I should have been around for only one month, then go back to do the ministry and be with my family. But then I didn't go. One time, Dr. Harry came and the rest of the team prayed with me. Now it's like I'm going. And then I go to Dallas. And then the guys tell me, no, there's no plane taking you. Your country is locked. So I had to call them again. You guys come pick me because I'm not allowed to go. But then hopefully on Thursday coming week, uh, that is this coming Thursday of 18th, I might be jetting back. But not directly through my country. I'll be going to Tanzania. And then I'll maneuver my way through until I just get myself back to my country. I'll have to go for quarantine for 14 days. And then I go back and join my family. I'm so happy being here. I was telling Jason, like, this church is unique. Every time I stand to speak, like, most of the times I don't like to talk any other thing. But in this church, I'm feeling relaxed. I'm just feeling home. I'm feeling relaxed. Thank you so much for a warm welcome that the pastor have given us, everybody around. Thank you so much, and may the good Lord bless you. I'll want to share the word of God briefly together with us. And the title of my sermon will be like, uh, Finishing the Unfinished Task. Finishing the unfinished task. Finishing the unfinished task. There is a task that Jesus started. There is a work of salvation of mankind that God has started. And he expects us to finish it by being his witnesses or by wrapping this gospel message to the whole world. I call it the unfinished task. And I want to start my sermon by reading from the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verse, eight, verse uh, 16 down to 20. It is a common verse that is said to us every time we are going to baptism and every time we are being charged to go to missions. I'm reading from the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verse 16 down to 20. The Bible says this. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Verse 18. And Jesus came and said to them, 
all authority in heaven and on earth has been, has been given unto me. Verse 19 is called the Great Commission verse. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of ages. This is a great commission, the greatest responsibility that Christ has given his church to go to the whole world and make all men the disciples of Christ. The Lord is calling unto all of us, the church in America, the church in Africa, the church everywhere, everybody that is born again, everybody that knows the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The Lord is telling us and reminding us again today that we go, get out of the church, go, and make all men my disciples. You know how passionate Jesus is in making the world his disciples. You know how passionate he is in seeing the world saved. He demonstrated that in dying on the cross for us, for us mankind. But this mankind cannot get to know this knowledge that can save them, cannot get to know this Savior that can save them, unless we, the church, get out and go and share this saving knowledge to them. If we continue sitting in our comfort, if we continue sitting in our, mm -hmm, then this world will continue getting perished, will continue perishing and perishing and perishing. The Lord requires us to be faithful stewards, to be faithful, to do justice to the word that he has entrusted unto us by cutting it and taking it and sharing with the rest of the world. He's saying, go you to the whole world. Go to the whole world. Go to the whole world and make men my disciples. The first disciples of Christ were faithful. They picked it. They went to the whole world. They stood strong for the gospel of Christ. Against all grains, against everything, they stood for Jesus. They made the world and the Roman Empire at that time to understand that these people are disciples of Jesus and they are passionate in making the whole Roman Empire the disciples of Jesus. They did that and they stood strongly for the Lord Jesus Christ at their time. And do you know how they did it? They didn't fight anybody. You know, this is a spiritual kingdom. This is a kingdom of God that, that is done through love. We don't go to the world and like fight them to force them to accept our Lord Jesus Christ. We don't conquer the, king, the world the way the kingdoms of this world are conquering the world by subduing them through guns and anything of the sort. We subdue them through love. Through love. The same way Jesus subdued us. Jesus subdued me through love. When I imagine of his love, I fall in love with him. How he died for me. How he gave all his life for me. That is what Jesus is telling us to go and do. Win the world through love. Let us get out and love them and show them the love of Christ. The same love of this Son of God coming to die on the cross for the salvation of our souls, for the salvation and the remission of our sins. We need to get out and demonstrate the same. And let me tell you, friends, nothing can ever defeat love. Nothing ever can defeat love. If we go out and love, Believe you me, we will make the whole world the disciples of Christ. But any time we fail as a church to demonstrate this love, any time we fail to show our neighbors the love that we are supposed to show 
as the church. Anytime people look at us and they fail to see the love that we are supposed to have towards one another, then we will be contradicting ourselves. And we'll be like fighting against the, the gospel of Christ. The Lord wants us to get out and make all men his disciples. And we will do this by loving the world. The Bible says, for so God loved the world that he sent his own son to come and die so that whosoever believe in him, you know, you know the verse. The same way we are also supposed to go and love this world and love the people that Jesus has died for. He expects us to love. And you know, this is the greatest commandment. I'm talking of the great commission and the greatest commandment. The great commission is go ye and make men my disciples. And what is the greatest commandment? The greatest commandment you find in the book of John, a brother asked me like, to read it. Let, let us go to the book of John. Chapter 13, verse 35. John, chapter 13, verse 35. <coughs> and I'll ask somebody to read for us. Maybe the pastor's mama. Mama, read for us. Yeah, yeah. Praise the Lord. Let us start from 34. I'm sorry. Mm, 34 and 35. Mm. Hallelujah. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another. And then he says that, and when you love one another, then the whole world will know that you are my disciples. When we love one another as a church, when we love one another, when we love our neighbors, when we love one another, when we love them when they hate us, when we give them the other cheek when they slap us on this other side, then they will know that surely these people are the disciples of Jesus. And through that, we continue to win them. We continue to win them. So I'm calling you people. Maybe God had wanted me to say this long. Maybe to get an opportunity to share this word that I'm sharing with you. I'm no, I have no doubt about that. God have ordained this all along. He knew like I needed it to be here. That's why he has kept me maybe and he has created an opportunity for me to be here. That I come to tell us that there is a task that is not yet finished. The task of making the whole world the disciples of Jesus. And we can only do that if we choose to love in our hearts. Anytime we have hatred against them that are not born again, we miss a big time. We'll miss it completely. But if we continue loving, seeing the Muslim like what we are trying to do in Amanga, they have big hatred for us. They see any tourists from, from America, they just feel like they want to kill. They are full of hatred. They hate us to the core. But you know, one time they fall sick, and the only available hospital is owned by a certain Christian lady. So they go there to be treated. And when they are being treated, this mama demonstrates love to them. Sometimes she, pay, she treats them free of charge. They're struggling to have money even to be treated, you know. But this mama demonstrates love to them. 
when they are delivering babies, you know, they have to go to the hospital. And this mama tells them, oh, call on the name of the Lord. This mama continued pouring his heart and his love on them, on the process. Many have come to know the Lord because of the love that this mama is demonstrating on them. Even us. As we go out there, how many people are we mingling with? You are a businessman, you are here. How different are you from any other businessman? Are you demonstrating the characteristics of a Christian in the place of your work? Are you a doctor? How are you demonstrating love? How different are you from any other doctor that is treating people there? Do you touch your patient and the patient feels like, oh, I'm feeling love from this doctor? I'm feeling a concern from this person? Do you know people will never understand you because of what you know? They will understand you and they will accept you because they have known that you care about them. When they get to know that we care, that we love them, believe you me, they will buy our story. They will accept us. They will allow us into their hearts. And then we shall share Jesus and they shall come to know our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'm encouraging every one of us here to use the diverse gifts that God has given us as a mission field of reaching the world. Use the diverse gifts that God has given us. We've seen teachers that are faithful teachers and faithful disciples of Christ using their talents as teachers to pass the gospel message to the people that they are entrusted unto. We have seen engineers, businessmen, doctors, and all kinds of fields using the talents that God has given them, the gifts that God has given them, the professions that God has given them to be good stewards, serving people with the talents that God has given them. Hallelujah. I call on us that we consider to do that. And remember, when Jesus tells us to go to the whole world and make men his disciples, it doesn't mean like it's a must that you do it in Africa. There are many that doesn't know Jesus here in America. Let us start here in Jerusalem. Be faithful in even reaching your neighbor there. Before you consider even going to Africa, yes, you much welcome come. Before you consider going to Asia, it's okay, go. But can you start from home? So that you don't be a contradiction. That you don't go like to show like you are a disciple maker in Africa, but in America you are neglecting your neighbor that is dying next to you, naked and hungry, but you've closed your eyes and you've closed your ears. Again, it's the plight that these people are going. The world needs to, show, to see the love of God. They want to see the love of God. And you know love is an action. Love is an action. It's not just an affection or feeling, oh, I'm sorry for you. You are hungry. Oh, I'm sorry for you. You are naked. Oh, I'm sorry, so cold on you. No, it's an action. God didn't just sympathize with us and seated in heaven. No, he left everything that was in heaven and sent his own son to come to where we are and died on the cross for us. Even us, the Lord is calling us that our love should be an action. Should be an action. We should be moved to do something. To do something to our neighbors, to our people, to our communities, to a far land country, to a kid that we have seen in these videos. Yeah, we needed to, see, to say we should be the feet of Jesus. We should be the hands of Jesus to, 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 to wrap a cloth on that kid. Hallelujah. Let us read the book of John. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16 to 18. And I asked my sister Ashton, 
Druha Ling, we've come here to read for us. Amen. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. By this we know love, by this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to also lay down our lives for our brothers. And believe you me, church, the day the church rises up to do this, we will win the world will win the world. The church have come this far because of love, because of the actions of love, because of the actions that we do. They burned us alive. You know the story of the church fathers. They killed us. They did everything they could to the church. But the church have continued to conquer. The church have continued to take territories. The church have continued to, because we've continued to love. They put Jesus on the cross. They killed him there. By, the ev by that evening, one of the Roman soldiers was already confessing that surely he is a son of God because of the actions of love. We needed to do it and do it and do it, laying down our lives for the sake of our brothers. And you see the verse 20 is telling us, like, brothers, let us just not love by words, but let us do it by action. Because if you see your you neighbor kid going naked and you just say, be warm or be, be, be okay, but you're not moved like to take an action and, and do something on that kid, then where is the love of God in that person? Where is the love of God in that church? We needed to say, like, we shall be a church that shall participate in being that feet of Jesus, being that hand of Jesus, being that hand of Jesus that can reach that kid and just feed that kid, or take that girl, vulnerable girl, from an orphan, an orphan girl, bright and wanting to school, Eh? will just be the, feet to, the hands to take her to school. And this girl, you never know, might come to be the next prime minister of the Republic of Kenya, might come to be the doctor like this doctor treating people today. But if we will not participate by as a church today to have that girl go to school or just help her get to school, then she'll just be in that cycle of that poverty. You see, we have to be the people that say we want to go and break that curse. We want to be the people that will just cause a blessing upon that family. We want to be a people that will shine the light of Christ in that community. And by doing that, we will win the whole world and we will make all men the disciples of Christ. He wants us to finish the task that he has started. And I've told you and I tell you again that we will do it more effectively if every Christian picks up the responsibility of doing and using the talents that God has given them to make disciples of all men. It's not the work of the pastor only. Many people have confused that. It's the work of the pastor to preach. Yes, the pastor preaches because he's given the ability to preach. But remember, preaching is not only speaking. It's not only speaking. A doctor treating that person and showing that love is preaching to that person. You see, a businessman dealing with diligence and doing his deals clearly and showing love to his customers, that is preaching. You see, let us finish from read, by reading the book of First Peter chapter 4, verse 10 and 11. Who will read for me? 
I'll look for somebody behind there who, who, who have never seen me. Somebody from behind there. I just want us to feel like it's a fellowship of all of us. From behind there, at the very end there, the last chair there. Read for me, my sister. All right. Okay, First, Joe, first Peter chapter 4, verse 10 to 11. Thank you so much, my readers. Thank you so much. As each has received a gift, you know, everything that you have, Daktari, the profession you have, the expertise that you have is a gift from God. Luke was a doctor. He used the gift that God had given him to glorify the Lord. You see, Peter is telling us, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. As good stewards of God's varied grace. God has given us various graces. One is a preacher. One is a doctor. Another one is of this profession. Another one is of this ability. He's given us whatever. And then he's telling us, whatever gift that you are given, use it to serve others. Use it to serve others. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, when the preacher speaks, he speaks like one speaking the oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. When the doctor goes to serve, when the businessman goes to serve, when the engineer goes to serve, he serves. He serves, he serves, he serves by the strength that God supplies. In order, look at the purpose here. In order that in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. That in everything we go to do, our God may be glorified. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So I have come here, church, to call on all of us that we take the challenge of finishing the unfinished task. There is a task given unto us. It is like a four by 400 meters relay. A generation that was ahead of us ran their, they ran their race. You remember Paul saying that? That I have run the race, I have kept the faith, I have done everything I could in my generation, and now I am handing over the baton to you, Timothy. Can you also run? Can you also stand for Jesus in your generation? Timothy did that. He passed it over to the other church fathers that were there at that time. It was passed on, passed on, passed on, passed on, up to where we are. Shall we be faithful stewards to pass this gospel message to the next generation that is following us? Is the gospel message taking new territories or are we retreating back? Is the gospel knowledge as it used to be in 1950s in America or are we losing ground? Why are we losing ground? Why? You look at it critically, you'll notice these two things. We are failing in issues of love. Secondly, we are failing in issues of being the stewards and using the talents that God has given us to witness to the people that we are working with. We've left this work to be the work of the pastor, the work to be done in the church. But when we go to our businesses outside there, no Christianity anymore. It is the work of the pastor to preach. And then we are losing big time. 
we are losing big time. So I'm calling on all of us. Let us be strong. Let us stand for Jesus. Let us take it as our responsibilities. Let us take it as our work to make men of all the world the disciples of Jesus. We can, we can, the church can. We've never been defeated. We are a force that can never be defeated. Remember what verse 20 says, that book of Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, he said, and behold, I am with you to the end of ages. So the comforting thing is this, the Lord is with us. The Lord is with us. He said, go ye and make men Make men, of the, make men my disciples, baptizing them, uh -huh. and behold, I am with you to the very end of ages. Jesus is with us. I've seen him in the mission field in Masaila. As I struggle to see Christ is known to the next village, to the next village. Walking with me, walking with me, doing great things, performing great miracles, demonstrating himself to be a loving God. So let us wake up to the challenge. Let us rise up to the challenge and go to the whole world and make men the disciples of Jesus. Thank you so much. <laughs> Maybe we pray? Can we pray? All right. Let us pray. Mighty and everlasting God, we thank you. We thank you because you are God. We thank you for honoring us, we wicked human beings, with all our faults, that we be your disciples and we be carriers of this gospel to the next generation and to the next frontiers and to the next people that doesn't know you. We pray, God, and we repent that many times we've not been good stewards, we've not been very faithful in doing this. We pray that from today we rise up again and pick up the challenge and choose to go and preach your gospel to all the whole world. I thank you for this church. I thank you for this dear pastor. I thank you for the deacons in this church. I bless them before you, God. I thank you for every member that is in this congregation right now. I pray that your goodness may be upon them. I pray that you heal anyone that is not feeling well. You are God that healeth our diseases. I pray, God, that you heal them, them that are struggling in their marriages, them that are struggling in their place of work. I pray that your hand be with them. We thank you, we thank you. I pray for this town. I pray for this area. That there are many men that doesn't know you may come to know you. It is a great joy when we see our churches growing and increasing because men are being won to you, to you, God. We thank you, we bless you. In Jesus' mighty name, we do pray and we believe. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.